Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 150. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. Um, We've had an action-packed week last week. We played quite a bit of golf, actually. That was quite an underwhelming start for a 150th episode. Oh, yeah. 150th. <laughs> That's better. That's a bit mad, that, isn't it? It is, it is crazy. It feels like you don't realise how many you're racking up until you hit these certain milestones. Well, it's also mad that, obviously, Simple Maths, 100 was 50 episodes ago, the live yeah. show at Manchester, which was really fun. We enjoyed that. Obviously, people came and, and watched us on stage. But yeah, 150. Who'd have thought it? Well, that's nearly three years now, isn't it? Yeah, it w- well, it, November 19, I think it was. Wow. Since that, we've had a global pandemic. Yes. New golf tour starting. Yes. I still can't chip. Yes. And uh, you're still hitting it longer than me. So, yeah, a lot of things have, uh, some things haven't changed and a lot of things have Will changed. Will we be here in another 150, do you reckon? I hope so, yeah. I definitely hope so. Should we do something big? Should we try and plan something big for 200? Yeah, well, come on, talk to me. A year away, I said, didn't I say Vegas? I think you did actually, yeah. <laughs> Let's book out like MGM Grand and do a massive show where 100 people turn up. Okay, <laughs> um, no, it should be good. Um, well, after the success of Range Night a couple of weeks ago, obviously, we spoke about it on last week's podcast. The video's gone live now. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed it. The mm. response, I don't think I've ever seen a tidal wave of, of positive messages as much on a video ever before. You know why it was. It was a number of reasons. I think it was because people like seeing... I think people like seeing people meet you, if that makes sense. So obviously a lot of people watch the videos and most of them will never meet you in real life because they live abroad or whatever it might be. So, but they feel like you know you at the same time. I think you get that with YouTubers, don't you? You feel like you know them. Definitely. So when people watch videos of people who also watch your videos, kind of meeting you in real life and hitting shots in front of you and taking you on on challenges, I think that's quite cool. Yeah. And seeing the youngsters there who are having fun. Oliver was brilliant. The, the, the clip of Oliver off. hitting that drive, 180, whatever, 180 yards. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. It was it was uh, the crowd going mad. It was like being at a football match, really. The crowds were just going crazy. A League two match. A League two match. <laughs> um, but yeah, the video was great. I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. We have been inundated from different driving ranges, from different professionals or or driving range owners or people who go to certain driving ranges, go and do a range night near us, do a range night near us. We will do more, just locations 
TBC. What do you say? Pay me the right dough and I'll be there. Exactly. Big box. Talk, talk, to, the, <laughs> talk to the boss and we'll, we might get there. So um, we'll see. I, I think definitely more. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was quite taxing on the evening because for two and a half hours, like you have to be very energetic and quite loud and shout it. I might need a microphone next time, mm. but pre it was wasn't that bad at all, was it? Like we didn't. It wasn't before the event. It wasn't that taxing. No, it wasn't that much planning. Well, that's what we said. It was people coming hitting golf balls at a range. Yeah. It was easy. Yeah, no, it was really, really good. So we'll definitely do more. Um, this last week as well, we filmed two brand new uh, Break Seventy Five episodes. Two golf courses we played back to back, which will be coming out uh, this week and next week, hopefully. But the episode that's just gone live was Formby. Yes. What I mean, first off, brilliant golf course, beautiful weather, mixed real weather actually. Yeah. We had everything: sun, rain, wind. Um, I don't think we had any snow, but it wouldn't have surprised me. I didn't play golf for three weeks. You'd been grinding your ass off, absolutely, for three grinding. weeks, and it was a it was a really good video. You could have, shoulda, woulda had a good round. Yeah, just a couple of bad ones left you kind of hanging, but then. You hold a monster put on 15. You nearly had, a, a, sorry, 14. You nearly had a hole in one on the 16th. Yeah. Just to give everybody listening a bit of a context of that tee shot. So the par three, the 16th at Formby Hall. It's only quite a short, 130 Formby. yards. Formby, sorry, not Formby Hall. Formby Golf Club. And um, I'd hit what we looked was a really good shot. Yours looks stiff. We thought mine was about three foot away. It actually turned out to be about 10 foot away. You hit yours, and we didn't hardly react at all on it. We we knew it was good, and we knew it was closer than mine. We just didn't realize how close it actually was. Unbelievably close, because it was pin high and slightly to the left. Like the 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 perspective made it not look like it, it was, was like that close. Three inches away. Yeah, it probably looked three or four feet away. Yeah, that it was brilliant. That round is that of, one of the closest you've been for a while? Yeah, well, I think I've said before, I've had two hole-in-ones, but I actually feel like I've not had any, and that's for two reasons. Firstly, because the two I've had, I didn't see go in the hole, and one of the two, the first one I ever had, I think I was 14 years old, I hit actually a terrible golf shot, believe it or not, and it rolled over the kind of side of a bunker, disappeared because of a blind um, hole, and it was in. And then, so that, it was like a weird feeling. It was like, I was o- overwhelmed. I've got a hole-in-one, but it was a terrible shot. I didn't even see go in, so that's one thing. And then the second hole in one I had actually was a great shot about six years ago. But again, it, did, it was very sunny and yeah. I couldn't see it. Got there, pitch mark was like eight foot short and the ball disappeared. You know, it's, well, it's not gone through the back and it was in the hole. That was a little bit better because it was a good shot. But still, I've never had that feeling of watching it go in. And yeah. I, I envy people that do because... It was so close. Hole in ones are they're the best thing in golf. But that round of golf summed up my golf game absolutely perfectly. So a little bit of a spoiler. If you've not watched it, maybe just skip this podcast 30 seconds or so. But I shot six over par, which for me is good golf. I'm happy with that. But that was with three lost balls. So I know yeah. it's all shoulda, woulda, coulda, all that stuff. But if I hadn't have lost those balls, or if my provisional ball was my, my real ball, I would have shot level par, which yeah. would have been amazing golf. But I just, my driving's getting better. I'm still losing golf balls yeah, and hitting random shots. To be honest, though, you actually look at the, the shots you lost. You lost an iron off a tee. One was a shank, yeah, with a three iron. It's great. Where was your other two? So I lost one on that, uh, the one before the par three, 15. I went into a gauze bus right. And the second hole, it's random, like low snap up that was just horrendous. Did, yeah. Just out of the blue golf shots. But I think that's all the off thing. the tee. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it, it was really good. And and talking about holding ones, did you see the clip I shared on Twitter yesterday of this young lad in Australia yeah. getting one? What a reaction. I, l- I absolutely loved it. We'll actually try and put it in this podcast right now. Oh, 
that's nice. It's right at it. Get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. <laughs> Young lad, he don't not been playing golf that long. He gets a hole in one. His dad's reaction to everything was absolutely amazing. And it really gave me a great feeling. And you think that really just captivates golf so much like that, that energy, that friendship or family, obviously father and son there playing. Um, it was phenomenal. And the comments have been great about that. And apparently that golf course, the TV's just gone off Matt. that golf course nearly um, shut down about wow. six months ago. So people were glad that it was back up and running again. Um, and then this week, will it be next? No, it'll be two weeks of break 75 episodes. We went back to my, the venue I had my only ever hole in one at. West Lanks Golf Club. And it was the 17th. And I won't spoil it too much because you've got to watch the video. The pin, when I played it, was in exactly the same place. I don't know if they planned this knew, knew, knowing I was coming. And I've teed off from exactly the same location with exactly the same golf club. And we almost had the same result. Almost. Um, so that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. So we've got this week, it will be Clitheroe Golf Course, North Lancashire. A beautiful golf course, open qualifying, uh, very tree-lined, not dead long, but really, really interesting golf course. That'll be coming out hopefully this Friday. And then the Friday after will be West Lanks Golf Club, which for some reason, I love the golf course. It just gives me negative vibes <laughs> it wow. just gives me because i did open qualifying there a few years when i was doing quest for the open and uh it just gives me the heebie-jeebies like it takes me back to a time where i was probably the most nervous in all of my life because open qualifying back in 2017 when i actually got the hole in one because it's weird gives me gives me great thoughts when i think of that individual hole yeah but when i think about around the clubhouse and on the putting green on the driving range and that first tee i just get this kind of weird like like feeling through my body and it's and it's it's like i get a bit tense and a bit nervous are you the kind of guy that before tea off i have to have a quick trip to the toilet and just several times um and the last time i played open qualifying there i i had to hit three golf balls off that first tee i hit my first one and it was it was heading towards the outer bounds on the left where the (laughs) where the um the driving range is i wasn't sure if it was inbounds or not i teed it up again there's quite a lot of people around teed it up again the second ball that I hit absolutely went out of bounds on the driving range. So then needs to go my, back to my bag again, get another golf ball, swap to driver and hit it into this bunker. Horrendous lie. I was thinking, what a way to start an open qualifying. But luckily, luckily, I managed to find the golf ball my first shot. You were lucky. It was a yard in bounds. And I think I made bogey or maybe even double, but I was relieved. That's your question. So around 20, probably 15, 16, and 17, it was when you were doing your kind of quest for the open stuff. And so I'm touching the mic. I'm really conscious. People are saying in the comments how much I touch the mic. I don't know why. It's a comfort blanket. So if you don't like me touching the mic, I apologize. Um, but I don't, just check if the mic enjoys you touching it. Mike loves it. I'll see the way it's, <laughs> I was going to say something bad there. Well. Um, no, so yeah, you were doing quest for the open, which for those people who don't know, I'm sure most people listening and watching do, you were trying to qualify for the open championship. Yes. And as part of your kind of uh, training regime, for want of a better phrase, you were playing like local PGA stuff. Yep. And, and these are typically tournaments that they may be like between 15 to 30 PGA pros in the North region or whatever who are decent players, who some of which have played in the Open, I guess, yep. actually. Yep. Um, and you were going, sometimes with Pete as well, you were playing in these events, documenting your journey, your highs, your lows. Didn't you have a couple that were quite decent finishes as yeah, well? Yeah, I shot a few, a few, quite a number of scores under par. And I think... 
either game joint first in one of these events or or second, I think. But it was it was you know I was putting some decent numbers together. But when when you would go into these events, and obviously sometimes you, were, I remember watching the videos back in the day. You were actually filming yourself, not on the course so much, but like certainly kind of on the practice range beforehand or on the putting green, and then as soon as you finish, maybe on the clubhouse. Did you ever feel like because obviously then you weren't anywhere near the size you are now? Did it feel weird that the other pros who were probably maybe, let's be honest, some of them were better than you as well? Obviously, not all of them were because you had some great finishes. But did it feel weird that they were like looking at you yeah. and judging you? How it, did it feel? Remember the first ever event, certainly me and Pete went to, when when we decided to try and do the Quest for the Open. And it was at um, Shaw Hill yeah. in Chorley. It's like, like our first, first ever proper event. I remember us turning up and, and you know, and like I say, the, the channels, my channel, Pete's channel, were much more than what they are you now. You were like on 120 or something, Because this would have been 2000 and probably 15 that I think I first so tried maybe to do this. maybe 100K subs. Yeah, max. I think I was over 100K. And, you know, a few of the pros, obviously, kind of knew who we are. We were, we were getting some level of, of notoriety. I wouldn't say popularity <laughs> against these other, other pros, but notoriety. And that we, d- I never felt more uncomfortable with a group of professionals yeah. ever, because we're there, we we're there with our bloody tour bags and our free golf clubs and all our sponsored clothing, because that's what we were both yeah. at at that stage. And uh, with our cameras, we didn't have any camera crew with us. We kind of filmed it all ourselves. And Pete sometimes would film me, and I would I would film Pete. It was a very hostile situation. It was it was it felt a little bit like these other pros were looking at us like. Who the is Hollywood just turned up in, in town? Like, who the hell do these two guys think they are? And and it definitely took a long time for me to feel comfortable with these with these golfers because I think what I hadn't also anticipated, a lot of these guys who've been playing in these North Region events, they've been playing in the a long time. Oh yeah, some like twenty odd years, aren't they? You know, so so this is not new to them. <laughs> like that it's new that guys are coming with cameras though. Correct. <laughs> we would have probably got that level of hostility even if we didn't have cameras. Even if we were just turning up as yeah. two new people, Young fresh pups. blood, the fact we would turn up with cameras and and like say acting all Billy B- with our tour bags and our, our sponsored clothing and it definitely. And then how did you feel well. on the days where you had like a bad round? Did you feel like more embarrassed then? Are we just not bothered? way more embarrassed? <laughs> the amount of times I was playing the round of golf in, in these in these videos, doing quest for the open and playing it, the amount of time I was during the round of golf, however I started or middle, you know, through the middle section or at the end. I was constantly thinking about the title of the video, yeah, which is but, bad, isn't it? But what were you more at the time thinking about the fact that people are going to watch it or the fact that your peers who were PJ pros are going to be like, oh, this guy's come and filmed and shot 82, or was that not so much an issue after the first few events? You just I think just... once I'd got a couple of good scores under my belt, I felt better. Yeah, you knew you could play. They yeah. knew you could play. I felt a little bit better once I started to be able to actually show that I could play. And the fact that I got to play with a lot more of them as well, yeah. I think once they started to know who I was and knew, knew who Pete was and got to got a bit more chatty with us, I wasn't as concerned about that as at that point. Yeah. Um, it was still embarrassing if I had a crap round because you're thinking, you know, they they know I'm going to have to film this. They know <laughs> I'm going to have to put this out on YouTube. It is brave to be fair, and uh, and and they would definitely either make remarks, not snide remarks, just remarks that, oh god, I, you've got to put this on YouTube now tonight, and you think, yeah, <laughs> great. Um, I, I always thought to myself, even towards the back end of when I was doing Quest for the Open, I wish I could have entered without it being me. <laughs> you An know, alias. To some degree, I, I was quite envious of their position because they didn't ever need to justify it to anybody. But I can't be envious of their position because they would have looked looking at me going, 
Or I'm envious of you with your free clubs and your sponsor. Well, and also, and it's it's. I get. I understand what you're saying because you're thinking whatever I shoot, there's going to be literally thousands of people wanting to know. Whereas this guy might come off the course and text his wife or whatever, and a couple people at the golf club. But then equally, you're getting paid regardless because you're yeah. making a video from yeah. it. The guy that shoots a million and has to go home, he's thinking, I'm going to put petrol in the car tonight. Literally, yeah, that's what it's like for some of these guys. It's so tough. That that was the one. It was a security blanket in the fact that it wasn't ever a wasted day. Mm. Like it was never making mega money, the videos certainly at the time, but it wasn't a wasted day. I, I was, it certainly covered my entry fee, my travel. Sometimes I'd, I'd you know, use a caddy. Sometimes they wouldn't, I wouldn't need to pay the caddy if it was a friend or someone like Rob Potter. Um, so I didn't, I didn't particularly need to stress about that too much. And and it wasn't as if it was a day of a day away from working in the pro shop, where because a lot of these lads again, um, who who are playing in these regional events, they have a golf golf shop. They've got to pay an assistant yeah. pro to sit in that shop. That's, it's insane, isn't it? So you know their over their their stress level comes more down to the financial side of things. Where my stress level came more from people criticizing the way that I played golf that day. You know what's mad? I can I can kind of respect both schools of thoughts. The guys that have a pro shop and say, you know what, I'm not a player. That's not my forte. So I'm, I'm almost never going to play competitively. I play obviously with friends, or whatever. So I'm never going to play these local PJ things because what's the point? I, I completely respect their viewpoints and why they do that. But I also massively respect the guys that still do go out and play because mm. you said you've, they've got to pay the assistant pro to cover the shop for a day. That might be however much that costs. Then they go to an event. They've got to obviously try and play well to at least make some money. They might actually play well and only just break even. Yeah. Never mind, make a profit. So I also really respect those guys. But do you think, obviously, the pressure of having the social media presence is what really calls you to stop playing those competitive rounds? Yeah. Again, going back to why I feel more nervous about somewhere like going back to West Lanks, because I remember that last time I played in open qualifying. Obviously, we'd tell people, me and Pete would tell people we're playing in the open qualifying what our tea time would be, and very nicely, fans would turn up. Mm. That was bloody nerve-wracking. Yeah. It was horrible. Like, I, it, And I even remember the guys we played with They'd almost never played in front of crowds that much, and they and they said I feel nervous, and they're not even here to and watch. Did me. you weirdly feel almost bad on them? Correct, yeah. big time. <laughs> I was almost apologising. I'm saying I'm really sorry. I didn't realise like 50 people had turned yeah. up. Because um, a funny story. So one of the times I did open qualifying, I did it at Fairhaven, yeah, um, just outside, well in Lytham, and um, I was out second to last. And my my pal John Beasley, we spoke about on the podcast, who I, who I oddly enough caddied for in final qualifying. He was in the group behind us, or a couple of groups behind us, and um, around. I thought at the time, I must admit, I do think a few more people would have been here watching because we've talked about this and advertised it and this and other. And it was at the time Peter was injured, so if Pete wasn't playing in it, so I felt like almost his followers would come in and kind of see me as well, or the the, the followers maybe wouldn't be as split over mm. his group and my group. So I tee it up and on the tee, Rick Shields, I tee it up and hit this tee shot. And I think, oh, I've got away with this. Hardly anyone's turned up. And as I walked off the tee, John Beasley recalled this. He said, literally everybody that was sat around the pro shop, <laughs> sat around the clubhouse, sat around the putting green, all stood up and moved and followed that group. So they were there. They just didn't make it quite yeah. as obvious. Where somewhere like West Lanks, because the tee is a little bit more offset. People rode Everyone around. was up near the tee already. So, yeah, it was it was definitely different. Um, Have you quit competitive golf? I think so. I had an opportunity to play in a pro-am actually this week. And I joked and said, if I could play under a different alias, I probably would. I would like to test myself again, though. 
Because it, because yeah. I do. It's a truest test, isn't it? Having a proper scorecard. Yeah, because I do think now playing much more break seventy five and actually having a, having a score. You know, I've become marginally better at keeping a score going, and it's given me a bit more confidence that I can shoot somewhere in the seventies. Some, if I have a bad round, it's eighty, eighty one. It's not horrendous. Yeah. I just fear that if it really goes wrong and I let the nerves get to me, it could easily t- it would d- it you, could get closer to If 90. you weren't playing in a round and I wasn't there, I would have no idea what you're going to shoot. It depends on two things. Your start of the round of golf, so how you start, that definitely affects you. It affects everybody, but I think it affects you more so because you're a confidence player. And secondly, how you chip, again, sounds obvious. If you were one of those bad ones early on, that's your head gone. Yeah. But equally, if you do a few good chips early on, yeah, I feel, I feel a bit frustrated with my chipping at the moment because, like I said, jokingly, before I went away on holiday and I spent loads of time with Good Good and we, you know, and I granted, I've seen a comment on Facebook today saying, what was it like to get schooled by the guys from Good Good? I actually don't feel too bad because we made some banger videos and it wasn't, I, I didn't play phenomenal in stages, but I didn't embarrass myself. It wasn't like absolutely atrocious. I hit some bad shots, granted. But I actually felt my short game was actually starting to trend really, really nicely. Spending time at JCB, even just around the chipping green, having a few little competitions with those lads, it gave me a little bit of confidence, and I chipped nicely. I came away from holiday, come back thinking I'll just carry on with that, and it's not quite got there, so I need to spend a little bit more time on it again to get it back to that, that point. It is confident thing. Talking about confidence thing, though, did you catch much of the golf this weekend? No, but I saw highlights. So... I'll be honest, there was three big tournaments on this week. Yeah. Well, I say three big ones. There was the um, European Tour, yeah. DP World Tour. We were playing in Rome, mm-hmm. where the Ryder Cup golf course is next year. It's looking good for Europe, by the way. The Very good. That was quite a big tournament here, over here in the U- in the in Europe. On the on the um, PGA Tour, there was another big tournament. Even though I actually have lost the what was the name of it. It's the Danny Willett one, Max Homer one. Yeah, so that that was another tour event. It was the Fortinet Championship. Never heard of it before. And then there's obviously Live Golf in Chicago. If I look at my consumption of golf this weekend, I have got to say I watched a lot of the DP World Tour on Thursday, Friday. I did. Over the weekend, I watched most live. Did you? I didn't watch any PGA Tour apart from the highlights. Yeah. And even though, weirdly, the PGA Tour had the most dramatic finish. That was outrageous. I'm sure a lot of people have seen that, but Danny Willett had a putt to win the tournament that was probably from the length of me to you. He missed it, which isn't the end of the world because it was a missable putt. Had then a putt for the playoff that was probably further away than his first putt. But it was even the build-up. And Max Homer chipping in. It was so, so Max Homer coming down the last hole, I think he was one shot back. He hits yeah. his second shot into a bunker on a par five. He kind of fats his bunker shot short of the green. So you think it's over now because he had to get up yeah, and yeah. down to put any pressure on. He then chipped it in chip. from the front of the green, which was phenomenal chip. But still, Danny, because uh, up until that point, Danny Willett, at that point, must think, I've got two putts to win this tournament. Yeah. I have. He's not. Max Homer then boxes that chip, it's which insane. is incredible. It then forces Danny Willett to hold the putt to win. Slippery one down the hill. He knocked it as far past, if not further past, than where he started. And then missed the one coming back. Yeah. I've never seen anybody three put a tournament that bad to lose no did you see his, his interview as well incredible yeah, he took it very well i think 
it's one of those things that happens in golf, doesn't it? And it can happen on the first tee in your local Stableford comp. Oh, sorry, on the first green. And it can also happen there on the 72nd hole in a PJ Tour event. And it, it, it's, it must have destroyed him inside that to, to do that. But the way in his interview came across was so kind of dignified and His interview well-rounded. was amazing. And, I, and it got me thinking, someone left a comment. I wonder if, if he is still in gratitude for winning the Masters in 2017. As in, like this idea, was it 2017? Was it almost this idea? Because he, uh, uh, 2016, he got gifted that Masters. I'm not saying he shouldn't win it. He did. Jordan Spieth messed up, if you remember, on 12. And he was in the right place at the right time. And it was him against Lee Westwood to finish it off. And he he held Lee Westwood off to win that. But a lot of people said he shouldn't have won that. I wonder if, in the back of his mind, at some degree, like losing out on this, he kind of goes, I've been on the other mm, side of this. It, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the way I we were... His, his, his interview after was yeah. just like, how is he coping with this so well? <laughs> I think what's mad, though, is the way we think of gol- as golfers is that certainly when it gets to the end of the round, anything good that's happened before, we can very easily disregard. So, for example, when that breaks up your five, we, d- we just talked about that where I held that massive pot on those at the 50th, 14th, or whatever it was. It was literally a one in a... a I don't know how many thousands of a, a, a attempts to hold that pot. And it goes in, you're like, you celebrate, oh, yeah, it went in, blah, blah. But on the next hole, if you miss a three-footer or a two-footer, you don't really think logically and think, well, the hold a monster on the hole before. You think, yeah. how have I put myself in this opportunity and then missed it? So all the hard work he's done for seven to one and a half holes, he's done to get himself in contention to be leading. But equally, then to three-foot from, from, from not very far away, surely his initial thought will be, oh, my word. But, yeah, his interview was so, so good. Maybe he's just so much calmer than, than we would be. I'd be so upset. I'd be in tears. And I wonder, to some degree, I'm sure Max Homer's walking away from that tournament going, wow, I've just won that. I wonder how much it kind of tarnishes his celebration as, as well. He won it. He did. Didn't, didn't bother Paul Laurie. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, he won it, obviously, but it's like, it must have this kind of weirder feeling. It's not like, you know, if he chipped in... And I think the opposite. I think he knows that his chipping puts so much pressure on. Yeah, true. Maybe not pressure as such, but maybe completely... Well, it forced chipped. him, didn't well, yeah. it? Yeah, so if he hadn't chipped in, that would never have happened. And no. if he would have two-put, he'd even hold it. But the fact that he chipped in... And Such I don't know, when you get to that level, well. it's again, it swings and roundabouts because he will have an event in the future, I'm sure. He might have already done it where he gives one away. So yeah. it, things, you know, like you said, it happened for uh, uh, Danny Willett. He kind of got gifted one then, and then lost one. So it swings and roundabouts. But what was mad was obviously um, Liv was on. I didn't really watch much of it, but obviously Cameron Smith has won. We're now seeing a lot more people talk about this kind of issue with the world um, ranking points because well, at the I, moment I think it's a big issue well it's a huge at the moment there's obviously I'm sure a lot of people are aware of this there's no official world golf ranking points for live events the initial conversation was that they were going to be kind of co-sanctioned by the Asian tour and that was going to give them some level of world ranking points um, obviously at the moment there's nothing so you're looking at guys like Dustin Johnson who's up there every week you're looking at obviously now Cameron Smith who's won and they're getting no world ranking points. You look at the fields now, regardless of your thoughts on Liv, the field is getting stronger and stronger. Yes, yeah. it's, it's only 54 holes. But at what point does this... Does it? It's going to work one of two ways. It's either going to obviously massively harm the guys who are in Liv and mean they can't play majors unless, like, Cameron Smith are exempt because of winning a major or whatever it might be. So a guy like Sam Horsfield, for example, as time goes on, his world ranking naturally drops because he's not getting many points other than when he can occasionally play in a European Tour event, as he has done at Wentworth, but ultimately he's going to suffer. Is that going to mean that those guys are 
massively a disadvantage. You'd think so. Or, on the, on the other side of the coin, as more and more people seem to be kind of warming to live and there's a stronger and stronger field, does it start to actually make people think the world golf ranking, the official world golf ranking, actually isn't that important or isn't that um, accurate because these guys aren't getting points? And does that then affect the entry to majors? What yeah. do you think? I think at the moment, you look at the field of all three tours I just mentioned then, the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and uh, Lit. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I made a, I made a, did a little bit of research just before the podcast. You made it with yourself okay. then. <laughs> Out of the top ten players in the world yeah. right now, yeah. only three of them were playing this weekend. Really? So Rory? Rory. Cameron Smith. Yeah. And Matt Fitzpatrick. Right, wow. So Scott Scheffler wasn't yeah. playing anywhere. Patrick Cantley, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris. That's because the PJ Tour's early though, isn't it? It is. But that also concerns me a little bit because you look at, we mentioned there, there's three really good, or three pretty good events on this weekend. And yet you've got seven of the top 10 current world ranking not playing mm. somewhere, which I, I, I don't quite fully agree with. When you start to look at even further afield to the top 50 world rankings, you actually start to see a lot of live players mm. in that field. Where at the moment, someone like Dustin Johnson's 23rd yeah. in the world. Crazy. He's not 23rd best player in the world right now. No. He's not. He's much, much higher. He's still probably top 10. So it does start to make the world rankings look like a bit of a fast because this also got me thinking. World rankings points, you can earn world ranking points as an amateur and you can well, you can earn world ranking points in 36 whole tournaments. Mm-hmm. So this is 
54 hole tournament. Why can't why should world ranking points not be featured in this right now? The only reason from what I'm understanding why it's not doing is they're dragging the feet, the world ranking point point system are dragging their feet in liaising with live as such and and they're probably quite in bed with pj tour and european tour the other thing when you actually look at the three leaderboards now from the three tours that happened this weekend you cannot argue the top 10 players from each from the leaderboard if you showed a lot of somewhat casual golfers yeah they would know the names in live way more than the other two tours this weekend Mm -hmm. way more the the names that are at the top of the leaderboards now in these three tours that happened this weekend are much more swayed towards live being being the tour that has the best caliber of player i would agree this weekend without a shadow of a doubt but obviously like i said the pj tour season doesn't really get started just yet so it's it's kind of comparing apples to oranges because we know it's not a big PJ Tour event. On the flip side, you could say, well, that's not right that PJ Tour have events that aren't big ones. It would be good if every event was a meaningful event with the yeah. best players playing on Which it. Which is what I feel came out of that meeting that yeah, they had that recently. Yeah, that is the plan. I think it's 2024 that will really come into play. Because they, they do need more t- tournaments where the best players... It's going to be a full year now, isn't it? A proper actual year, calendar yeah. year, not a wraparound year. Yeah. Um, going back to the... the so, yeah, I, I think world ranking points definitely need to start featuring as much as it might absolutely annoy PJ Tour, DP World Tour. I don't think you can you can have fields like Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, um, you know, Chase, you know, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. You can't have tournaments like that that just aren't having world ranking points. I want you to put your um, what's the word I'm looking for? Crystal, get your crystal ball out. Right, yeah. we're going twelve months down the line. Do you think that either a the official world golf ranking includes live events and, and obviously therefore live players can benefit from world ranking points. Or do you think B, the official world ranking still doesn't allow live and therefore it's kind of almost just diminished and yeah, there I, becomes a new entry into majors somehow? Absolutely. In my opinion, they absolutely have to feature live. Mm. Regardless of what they like or don't like, I just don't think you can look past it. It yeah. completely tarnishes the, the, um, the, the, the authenticity of the world ranking points, yeah. like, you know, the validation of it. You, you just can't have to, regardless of, you know, I feel like almost as long as, the, I don't know what the, the absolute criteria is, but I feel like if, if they play an 18 hole stroke play with some of the best players in the world, world ranking points should be applicable. Question for you. Obviously, you said then, like, I would agree, that the live um, like field was, was probably stronger than the PJ Tour field. Um and Cameron Smith won on Live, and Max Home won on the PJ Tour. But do you, you might not have an answer to this, but do you look at Cameron Smith and think, wow, he's won a Live event? Out of 100, let's say you think, I don't know, percentage-wise of how impressed you are by that. Do you look at Max Homer thinking, wow, he's won his fifth PJ Tour title as being more of an achievement, if that makes sense? So are you at the point now where you're actually looking at Live events as being serious? Think, oh, wow, he's I, won one. I think one. the field, yes, I have to say... Live is a better field this week. So you, yeah. So your answer would be, yeah. You think Cameron Smith's achievement was bigger? Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. On top of that, though, I'd possibly argue just that uh, Robert McIntyre's achievement was probably even slightly bigger. Mm. Well, was bigger because of uh, more field, yeah. more players, four rounds of golf, and the caliber of player is still pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Quite, quite. You had you had two of the top ten 
playing in DP World Tour this week, where you only had one of the top 10 players playing in Live yeah, okay. currently this week. Question, and it's a little bit loaded, and it's the way I perceive it, but I, I'm interested again to hear I've, your I've point just, of by view. Way, I've just found out something that I didn't know, so come back. Yeah, go on. Go on. Let's just, I know it's ifs and buts again, but Danny Willett obviously didn't win in the end because he kind of messed up on the last hole. If Danny Willett had have won, right, that would have been his PJ Tour win, blah, blah, blah. Equally, if Danny Willett had gone to live and won that event, which one of those would you have been seen as more of a big achievement? You still have thought Danny Willett winning on live because he's the kind of player that could have gone to live. Yeah. You feel like it would suit live. I am because so would you again still... going back to my point a minute ago, and it's not it's not the sponsor's fault, Fortinet, but I didn't know what this week's tournament was. Do you get what I mean? Where the live is just live Chicago. Yeah, it was just our live event in Chicago, where I felt like this week's PGA Tour. And even somewhat degree that the, the uh, Italian Open this week. No, the Italian Open's got credibility, to be honest. Um, Do you think that'd be if, case if by that case was, then? If that was the Farmers Insurance Open this week on the PJ Tour, way bigger. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. beca- because I just feel like it carries more weight. Weirdly enough, the Fortinet Championship that was also won by Max Homer last year. Oh wow! But I wouldn't have known either. No. Um, very quick one: the governing board. At the official world ranking. Did you Jay, know this? Well, I know Jay Monaghan's on it. Yeah. So Martin Slumbers, I think. And Keith Pelly. Yeah. So Keith Pelly, European Jay Monaghan, Martin Slumbers, um, the USGA, Mike Wan. Um, yeah. So it's, it, obviously it's very, very influenced by the, the, the exact same decision makers who, who want Liv to fail. Yeah. Currently right now. Do you think Liv players, obviously the world ranking is massive to getting players into the majors, which is obviously the biggest reason, but obviously there's all that, also that, I'm sure they love being world number one or top 10 player in the world just for their own kind of... A lot of them as well will have contracts with the manufacturers. If you're a tailor-made player, they may say, if you're top 10 in the world, we'll give you more money per week, you're in the top 10 or whatever. If there was a way... let's So again, let's just say all these kind of hypothetical questions, but if it turns out where the majors say, look, we won't do it off world rankings, we'll do it off other things. Do you think the players that then play on live, as long as they can get into majors, won't care about world ranking anymore? Or do you still think they'll want that for that like almost level of knowing where they sit? I, I think it's very interesting when you actually do talk about players about world ranking. They don't really care about it. Mm. Really. As long as they, to be number one. Well, yeah, they want to be number one, definitely. But I think... Top 50, number top 50, top 10 well, top 50 one. get you in. The majors. Would have been, yeah, in WGCs yeah. back in the day. Well, still obviously present. Um, and then obviously you want to get into top 10 because I'm sure it comes with extra credibility. In, but I think, yeah, I, 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 I would be Eight surprised. Eight or sixth is irrelevant, isn't it? Um, one of the things, though, I definitely think this weekend it's made me realise two things. With all these different tournaments going on and just being a busy weekend any, anyway, I am much more drawn to watching individual golfers rather than events, apart from the Masters and the Open and the Ryder Cup. What do you mean individual I wanted to watch the DP World Tour because uh, of Rory McIlroy. Rather weekend. than the fact it was the Italian Open. I, correct. Okay. I, I, and I wanted to watch Rory McIlroy and Matt Fitzpatrick yeah. this weekend. I also wanted to watch Aaron Rye, who mm-hmm. me and my golf coach. Like I want to see those golfers. I When I watched Turn, turn Into Live, I wanted to watch Cameron Smith. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch Justin Johnson. When I turned on to PJ Tour, there was nobody at the top of the leaderboard this week that I really wanted yeah. to watch. So it's easy for me not to watch it as much. The other thing I really realised is I'm very much, certainly when I've got a busy weekend and I'm there with the family, my wife went away this weekend partying, so I had the kids, which is fine. Obviously it's fine because I'm the dad. But in the sense that I didn't maybe have as much luxury time to sit down and watch the TV, ease of 
watching content is really important. Yeah. So for me, this weekend, I've got I've got now TV on my phone so I can watch Sky Sports. T- to open the app, to go on Sky Sports and to watch live, I can do it. And I watched yeah. quite a bit of Roy McIlroy when I knew he was doing well. But I knew he was doing well through Twitter. Mm-hmm. So then I go, oh, let's watch a bit of that. So I watch a bit. Where for me, Liv, I didn't particularly know who was doing well because I, I wasn't watching any social media. But the fact it's on YouTube and I can just go straight on it and I can rewind yeah, it and I can pause good. it. As we've mentioned it's in very, the past. very, very good. Currently, the viewing platform is very, very good for that. There's lots of talk at the moment about Greg Norman talking about different broadcasters, wherever it might be. Um, And so that might completely change. It might go to a network that I don't even get a chance to watch. Yeah. And then, will I be asked? I I don't know if I will. Yeah. I really don't. Tough one. You know, if it goes to, what's that one, The Zone? Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not getting The Zone just to go and watch that, particularly. Unless I, I absolutely have on to. He's on zone at the moment as well. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to Fox. Who knows? But yeah, you're right. Fa- uh, the fact it's been on YouTube, Facebook and stuff has been a big selling point. I feel like as soon as you move away from Sky or you move away from YouTube, you definitely start putting more barriers up. Yeah. Because even BT Sport, I don't have BT Sport. Yeah. So if United are running, I, I just don't watch the BT Sport. I'll illegally live stream it through Twitter. <laughs> but like, so so I think that, that's my concern. If it, from a standpoint of viewership and and potential growth not concern that's the wrong word but what might change the goalpost if they do start to take it away from these free platforms how is that going to be perceived yeah. and how is it going the other thing i realized as well sorry i feel like i'm talking about a lot of different con- different um uh, comparisons this week i feel like the audience certainly lives seem rowdier yeah i know we had that email last week about the 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 uh wentworth gent who wasn't happy with the the chavy crowd for me, when I flicked, th- I was flicking through the different channels this weekend. Like there wasn't many people at Rome for the Italian Open. It seemed like a really quiet mm-hmm. event. Um, you typically do get that sometimes in Europe. We mm-hmm. don't get as many spectators. Compare that to somewhere like BMW Wentworth last week in London. Um, the PGA Tour had a decent crowd, definitely, but seemed very what you'd expect from a PGA Tour crowd. The live crowd just seemed a bit more mental yeah <laughs> like, I think they encourage it don't they yeah like yeah. there was chanting there was you know even like dj on the last green he nearly chipped it in this might have been on the saturday actually he nearly chipped it in for an eagle and uh his putt finished like three foot away and the crowd's like that's good dj pick <laughs> it up dj just pure you're, banter you're all right so it's very different yeah they must uh they must fuel them the, the drink must be a bit cheaper <laughs> yeah well, we have had a very, very busy morning on our Facebook group, Rick, um, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group. If you're not a member, um, as always, why not? Um, why not? It would annoy you, wouldn't it? If you found someone in the street, you said, Rick, big fan, but not a member <laughs> of the group. You'd say, what? How dare you? I actually saw you, um, this was, I thought this was a bit out of order, but at range night, when um, someone comes up to you and says, hi, Rick, honoured to be here, big fan. You go, oh, thanks, Nigel. His name was Nigel. Um, and then he said, um, just one thing, though, I've, I've not ever bothered joining the Facebook group. Um, and then you looked at him in the eye, you took your golf glove off and just slapped him with it. And I thought it was a bit harsh. Well, you know what, though? I, I thought that bit wasn't too bad. Okay. It was when I pushed him off the top deck of the driving range. That, that was a bit too that far. That was a bit too... The slap with the glove, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was maybe a tiny bit out of order, but I feel like it was also justified. The fact that I pushed him off the top of the driving range. And everyone started chucking eggs at him. I don't know where the eggs from. That was the weird thing. It was like, so all of a sudden, everyone was launching eggs at this guy, Nigel. I was like, why has he got eggs? And they all thought, apparently you told him before you come, bring eggs. <laughs> but Nigel. Someone's going to get egged. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we've had loads Just of questions. Just to clarify, on, on... none of that was actually true. Real life. 
Um, so we'll be very careful on how we answer some of these. But Liam Cowan has said, are Ping bringing out a new driver anytime soon? Yes. Yeah, we'll have seen it. <laughs> um, it's actually... It's, are, it's if around. you Google it, if you Google you'll it, you'll, you'll see it. images. Uh, any updates? This is from Kevin Smart. Any updates on the new Golf Bitter Challenge versus Peter Finch? I think we're still trying to get it in by the end of this year. Uh, if not, it'll be early next year. Maybe give me a bit of time to practice. Ian Crump, it's a, a question as old as man. How important is the right shaft? <laughs> start again. How important is the right shaft? Flex? As old as man. Yeah. Um, you'll know a bit more from a fitting standpoint. I think it's got some level of importance yeah. as long as you're close by to the shaft that spec that you want i think more important are things like lie angle length of a golf club weight of a shaft more than flex yeah i think you're right i think weight is very important and also i i feel like in it depends on on you which club as well so if you've got steel irons and you've got an r300 versus next 100 i think for most people as long as they have the right head and it wouldn't make too much difference actually no um but yeah it's, it's worth getting all these things checked but um typically stiffer shafts are heavier but not always so be uh be wary be wary um, best got... gadget gear must have for winter golf Mark Clifford <laughs> 100% know, rain gloves oh no I didn't that's what I thought you were going to say two gloves rain gloves yeah just have them in your bag at all times and they get better the wetter they are they're so good yeah what were you going to say I thought you were going to say hand warmers I know you're partial oh yeah hand, hand warmers warmer. as well the only thing I've really gone off is mitts they're just a bit of a faff aren't they mitts are um Yes, I feel like tour pros suit them because they have them on, give them to the caddy, but they are a bit of a faff. You know yeah. what I do like? That big one that you get on like a motor caddy. How good are they? They're so good. Whoever made that handy. is clever. Clever, clever Jeff boys. Gibson, are you going to review the TSR driver, Rick? Yeah, I've not got any yet. No. Um, if I get hold of some, potentially, but don't hold your breath. Yeah, I think it's... Um, it seems a bit... You know, I'm keen to hit it. Um, we might have some breaking news about club reviews coming soon we've not quite decided yet but um yeah at the moment i've got no massive desire to and sometimes if i don't have as desire to like proper i just don't see that much of a difference in it i just don't think i'm going to put my all into the into the video yeah. i've got to i've got to still enjoy testing and being excited about equipment and at the moment from what i've seen that tsr i whatever it is TSR, doesn't, how's it? doesn't it doesn't float my boat just yet think um long and hard before you answer this one it's from reese lewis can i get a happy birthday as it's my birthday today reese uh yeah straight on this camera <laughs> hi reese it's rick shields happy birthday hope you have a great day and make sure you play a bit of golf have a few beers and thanks for watching the videos i really appreciate it and uh have a great great birthday I don't watch the videos. <laughs> might be funny of your Twitter. Might, might be funny of your Twitter work. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if someone was like, met you in the street, like, hey, Rick, you're like, hiya, I love you on Twitter. Oh, do you watch my videos? Do you do videos? No, just, just like your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen. love your tweets. Um, Rebecca Halfpenny has asked, this is a good question, Rebecca. Hopefully this is going to be music to your ears. When is that Richard Hammond video coming out? I have just seen the first edit of it and possibly this week possibly tomorrow if not next wednesday george uh mccutcheon has asked have you meaning me or rick meaning rick ever been kicked off or refused entry to a golf course it's definitely becoming harder to play it i think it's to jump on courses that pay in then <laughs> it's definitely ha getting harder to sometimes arrange going to a golf course and filming because 
not for the fact that they don't want us, the fact that they want the golf course to be in fantastic condition. Mm. So we've had a couple of times this year where golf courses have refused refused us yeah. to go and play. Because we have had that. a few golf courses that have just downright said, no, you cannot play here or film here. You know what? Because our condition isn't quite where it needs to be. I respect it in a way as yeah. well. It's frustrating when they say it because like, oh, we're going to think somewhere else. But it's like they know. That, that means they understand, I guess, that yeah. they obviously know their videos going to be watched by upwards of half a million people, maybe more, depending on what video it is. Yeah. And they want it to look good. Sometimes um, they've had course maintenance or the greens aren't quite as where they want to be or whatever it is. And, and they'll say, oh, come back at another time. And we never do. I also think sometimes... You get one chance some, one chance only. Yeah, sometimes people um, might think you do like a course review as well, which obviously we're not. You play in the golf course. And because obviously these golf courses are nice enough to let you go and play, it's very rare we'd start looking at things to pull them up on because what, there's no benefit to that really. I'd almost think, I'm not going to review it, but the the viewer might review it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? The they viewer go, might go, oh, that green didn't look that good. I'm not, I'm not going to particularly pick up on that, but, you know, a viewer might go, oh, I was going to play there, but now I'm not. Where if the golf course is in good condition, they'll go, wow, those greens looked amazing. Yeah. Um, Somewhere like a Wallacey. <laughs> what beard oil, this is from James Ho- Howell, what beard oil does Rick use to keep it nice and well-groomed? I do actually use it. Um, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Let me have a look. Let me go and Google it now. I use a beard moisturizer and beard oil. Uh, bulldog, bulldog beard oil. No, I don't. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Bulldog. There you go. Great. Breaking news. Um, we've had loads of questions, which is really good to see. Um, have you got any more? <laughs> what's What's Rick Shields' hangover cure before a round of golf? Well, luckily for me, I don't particularly get super hungover, but bit of food, bit of an energy drink, plenty of water, and uh, just got to stomach it, and and maybe after two holes get a beer down your neck uh are you any closer to organizing a youtube major potentially like i say i feel like a lot of plans we start to think about in the summer then before you know it we're getting to the back end of the year and, and we're middle of september now getting into october the weather's definitely changed over here in the uk hasn't it oh it's it started to get it, a lot colder. literally middle of last week it was like someone pressed a button and went that summer gone yeah welcome to autumn and like the leaves are coming down the tree off the trees. It just it you know, when we played at uh where was it? And it was super dewy all the way around. Was that Formby? No, Clitheroe. Clitheroe, yeah, that's when it, it started. Just felt, it like I say it just felt autumnal straight away. Yeah. Um so maybe not this year, but lots of exciting plans for next year. Um Can I read some reviews out? I've got the, have you got another question? I've got some oh, I did have one, yeah. Um I've got the weirdest thing ever to read out. I wanna read it. Not weirdest thing ever, but a strange thing. Um, What's worse, Bryson not shouting for or his behaviour yesterday when getting caught on the rope? You seen this? I didn't see his behaviour, so I'm getting caught. He really... He, he kicked really, out of the He that dived. Clip. Like a footballer. Like a footballer. That that question was from Duncan Hauler. And the way he's put, the way he snatched the towel off his caddy in a strop was disgusting. He went down like a Premier League footballer in the penalty box. Fair he play. did actually, to be fair. Um, no, just a quick one I thought was quite funny. Um, don't normally like respond to, to negative comments too much. This was brilliant. So um, you can obviously review the podcast on Apple. I think on Spotify now as well. So if you want to go, if you've never reviewed it before and you want to, feel free to go and review it. We've currently got, Rick, I don't know how you feel about this, 4.9 out of 5 stars. Okay. Um, which I think is, is all right. It's really good. And it's a mixture of, uh, it seems to be either great comments or horrendous comments. Okay. Uh, which is, I think, why people would review. You wouldn't really review an all right. If you went for a meal and it was brilliant, you might go, you know what? That was great. That I'm going to review this and leave yeah. a, a trip advisor. Equally, if it was terrible, you'd probably go, I'm going to 
um, leave a bad review. Or but if it was medium, medium good, you wouldn't you're not going to do anything. So like for for balance, I'm going to read out a good comment, a bad comment, and then the weird comment. The weird okay. comments are kind of about me. So I took it a little bit personally, but it was just weird. So good comment. Big fan of the show. This is from someone called Chris Dodd. Uh, would highly recommend to be people who like golf and even people who don't play golf. Rick and Guy have done a great job growing the community. Well done to them. That's an right. example of a good comment. Very nice. So thank you for that. But equally, as a, as a bad comment, people are allowed their opinion. This is from Adam the Angler. Probably shouldn't read out who they're from. Anyway, it says, disappointed. Okay. One star. Nice. You don't half blow your own trumpet, you two. I used to love your YouTube channel and pod. Followed you for years, but not anymore. <laughs> Stop trying to be American, Rick, and stick to your northern roots. No wonder John Daly binned you off. Okay. When have I not been? Yeah, I have no idea. I always think you mean American. <laughs> that's the most <laughs> weird one. But, so that's an example. We get, thankfully... We hey, get... folks, welcome down <laughs> to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. <laughs> How are you all doing here so right that, now? That, that's an example of we get mostly and thankfully lovely ones, but also we get negative ones and you're allowed your opinion. But the one that struck me, this it come up on my thing. I've not been searching for these. I got an email about new reviews and this came on. Okay, so this review, <laughs> the title of it is a full stop, weirdly. That's it. That's a, that's a title. And it's had four out of five stars. Okay. So that's a weird number of stars to give because it's not obviously anywhere near a one star, but it's not full marks. So it goes like this. It says, currently on episode 91. Okay. Trying to listen to them all from the start. I get through about six or seven a day as I oh drive trucks God. for about seven hours. It passes time. Wow. So I'm thinking, he's a fan. Six or seven a day is commitment, right? Big time. He then says... I've listened and stopped a few times now because I have to admit, I find it hard listening to Guy. Okay, opinion, fine. He isn't funny in the slightest. Yeah, fair dues. And the way he blows smoke up Rick's is cringeworthy. And he says, uh, after the episode with Peter Finch came on and then the week after, Guy spoke down about his level of game, blah, blah, blah. So basically that's something that happened a long time ago. I'm sure you, you know about that if you, if you do. But then he says, the content is generally decent and good listen. Okay. <laughs> okay so now I'm confused again. And not gouting Guy's, Guy's production input, but really do think the show would be better if Guy wasn't on it and someone else was. So again, I'm thinking, fair enough. So he's kind of saying, I've listened to up to here. I've had enough of Guy. I'm thinking he's out. But then, he's, but then he says, 50-odd to go, and I'll be in the clubhouse. But <laughs> 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 we've got a decent lager on draft when I get there. So I, I feel emotionally... Like a roller coaster. He wants to get in the clubhouse. He likes seven when a he day. Gets, when he gets in, he's going to give me a big hug and a handshake, and, and he's going to blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most bizarre. I, I'm used to some people saying guys are right, idiot. Funny. I get that. Oh it was my like, goodness! Listen to seven a day. I've done it for ninety episodes worth. That's, that so I'm, is I'm killing it. Ridiculous. I'd rather guy not be on it. Fair play. That's your opinion. I think some people agree with you. But then he then says, "But I've got fifty more to go. and I'm going to get through it." What a <laughs> bizarre! Imagine if. As he's doing it, he turns you down every time. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't blame him if he did. If he's like, it's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, you've got, and is it anonymous? Yes. That one? You've got 60 episodes and many, many more of guys, so get bloody used I to know, it. I know, but he's, he's committed. He has said he's committed, so I he's going to be That's there so in the clubhouse. So and if funny. you want to know what the clubhouse is, I'm sure you're listening, you know, but if it's if you don't know and you're thinking, what is the clubhouse? It's a mystical place. It's a magical place. It it's is. A, it's a good place. It's a cool... The vibe changes. It's recently been quite a chilled out vibe in the clubhouse, hasn't it? Has it been it? refurbed yet? It has been refurbished, and there's a lot going on. And all you have to do to, to enter this, this place is listen to all the podcasts or watch them, your choice. It's a commitment. It is. It is. And you've officially become Rick Shields' friend. Uh, if you're in the clubhouse and you need a, 
a best man or an usher. Rick is obliged to do that for you. Obliged. Um, he's been to four weddings so far. I'm a, I've, I've never been a best man in my life, in real life, but in the clubhouse world. He's constantly best man. Literally. The speeches just flow off my tongue. <laughs> so, yeah, no, all good. Get involved. Don't miss out on anything. Make sure you are following us on all of the platforms. Like Guy says, make sure you check us out on the Facebook group. Uh, all over YouTube. We've got some banger videos coming out this week. Like I say, fingers crossed it'll be Richard Hammond on Wednesday. Uh, me giving him a lesson. And then Friday, it will be Clitheroe Break 75, which was a fantastic episode yet again. Um, <laughs> Stop and, blowing your own trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> and then we shall, we shall be taking out the trash and making sure that I watch some NFL this weekend. Yes. Because I love the Patriots because <laughs> they're my favourite squad. I'm just going to go for a walk around the sidewalk. Sidewalk. Because um, I started to get some, I'm too, too many elevators. But did you notice the, the freeways closed? Yeah. Are your kids still in diapers or not? Diapers and they've got pacifiers. And they eat a lot of candy. Candy and, yeah, and they um, are forever saying, hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. And, uh, you have become American, actually, thinking think about I it. Have. You really, really yeah, are. So we need to go. We're just now going to go into In and Out Burgers yeah. and go and get some burgers paying with dollars. Can we get soda? Soda and uh, all the other good stuff that comes with it. Oh, we have the tip. We have the tip. Can I wear a fanny pack? As long as I wear my hat backwards. Yes. Guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> we shall see you all soon. And uh, that's Ricky and Guy signing out <laughs> on this week's pod. <laughs> we'll see you next guy, next time, folks. <laughs>